Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our question and answer series. Today's question is in regards to peaceful meditation practice. Uh, restful was the word that was used in the question. So this person describes the uh, state of practice that they're going through that is uh, effortful. It takes a lot of effort for them to be mindful. They'd like to be mindful throughout the day, but it's quite tiresome being mindful. Being mindful is difficult, they say. And they look at these meditation masters uh, whose demeanor appears quite peaceful and it appears that they're able to stay mindful quite easily. Uh, so the question is, how are they able to do that? How do we know that we're on the right path towards that? So there's somewhat a sense of discouragement. Uh, if that's a word. Feeling discouraged, I think. Uh, this some, in some sense relates to the last question about um, meditation being un unpleasant. And so part of the answer is in regards to to that. It's already been answered, but um, meditation can be quite difficult, and it can be quite stressful. As I've said, it depends a lot on your state of mind, because mindfulness meditation is designed to confront your mind state. So the first thing to talk about is this idea of peaceful meditation uh, as a as a choice, where a person chooses to practice meditation peacefully, or um, manufactures uh, a peaceful meditation as sort of a starting point. This person, I think, from the sounds of it, isn't a advanced meditation practitioner because they're comparing themselves to advanced meditation practitioners. And so there's this question about how to how do you practice peacefully, first of all. And, and so to some extent I've always kind of tried to um, disabuse people of this notion that it could that meditation should or perhaps even could uh, be peaceful for them um, because that can be an, a problematic uh, sort of outlook to have especially because it's not always possible but to some extent it is possible there are ways by which you can enter into meditation practice and have it be 
smooth sailing. I think the, the most extreme uh, method to achieve this would be to put aside meditation practice and spend lifetime after lifetime cultivating wholesome qualities, cultivating perhaps the ten perfections of the Buddha. Uh, maybe not complete perfection, but recognizing that meditation is going to be quite stressful for me and so uh, in order to make it easier I would like to do all the preparatory work in advance make myself a better person right because I don't want to I don't want to confront the crappy person that I am so let's make myself a better person first that's certainly possible and and it's recognized uh, in in Buddhism it's recognized that for some people it's not that they're crappy people it's that their hearts aren't really into uh, a meditative lifestyle and so there's an encouragement for them to cultivate goodness um, and, and so there, there's a twofold benefit of cultivating goodness one it makes meditation easier when you when and if you do decide to practice meditation if you're a better person nicer person a kinder person um, but also it makes you more inclined to practice meditation if you're a better person a nicer person a kinder person right i mean uh, it's often said that modern day people are quite selfish and spiritual modern day spiritual practitioners can often be quite selfish uh, i think we see this with some of the emphasis of compassion and and, and loving kindness Something that's not really in the ancient texts is this sense of love for yourself and kindness towards yourself. There's a sense that uh, we, we hate ourselves and so we should try to be kind to ourselves. And, you know, it, 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 it cuts both ways because that's not what kindness and, and compassion are really for. They're meant to make you a nicer person, a kinder person towards others. A better person uh, and I think to some extent we get misled by this whole uh, spiritual movement of thinking that we're special we're perfect you're great just the way you are that's not really the truth we're broken we're all crap really um, just the fact that we were born as human beings is a sign that we're not perfect we've still got craving as sort of a base a baseline our, our desire for the human existence has led us to be born as humans. And uh, so much of our life is, surrounds this sort of baseline desire for procreation, for romance, for sensual desire, and so on. And so we bring that into spiritual practice. Uh, want, craving for pleasant spiritual states. And, and the problem is that's not in any way what leads to peaceful or even pleasant states. Happiness doesn't lead to happiness. It's goodness that leads to happiness, and the same goes with peace. Uh, so, goodness is, is something first and foremost to keep in mind. If your practice is difficult, uh, before everything else, goodness is going to play a, a preliminary role in, in that. Are you a kind person to others? Are you compassionate towards others? Or are you selfish? Are you clingy? Uh, are you 
mean-hearted, mean-spirited? Do you have a lot of negative and unpleasant states of mind? Uh, so though, and those sorts of things, it's kind of like um, you know, we we come to meditation thinking probably as a, you could point to as another problem is uh, this idea of meditation as just another fix, right? Like these pills that we take. If you have anxiety or depression, we take pills as a cure. I take these pills, it's going to fix me, right? The pill is very special and it's, it's good. And so we look at meditation like that. Well, here's this, this meditation. And, and I was thinking of it kind of like our expectation is uh, we, we're, we practice meditation, we're buying a, a sports car. And meditation, I think, should be likened to a sports car in a way because it's, a, it's not just an ordinary vehicle. Mindfulness meditation, we praise it as being some very special vehicle. So we're talking about a high-quality vehicle here, for sure. And when it's described as that, and we hear it described as this special thing, sort of a, a real fix, a real cure, we expect we'll just get in it and, and drive away and it'll be smooth sailing. And we get in and we, it feels more like we've bought a lemon and we've gotten in a crappy, run-down vehicle. So it's probably better to describe this as us um, envisioning uh, a sports car. And we see these other people driving these very special vehicles. This is the advanced meditators with their peaceful meditation practices. And we think, wow, I'll start doing that. And then we, 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 we cobble together all these parts that we have lying around. And we realize, oh, oh, there's more to a sports car than just having four wheels and a frame. Uh, and, and we cobble together this crappy vehicle. And that's where we start. And so you can fit all of the other stuff in here, like um, all the good things that we've done in the past are like all the amenities, all the, the um, features, the optional features that you can get with your vehicle and all the, the, the comforts surrounding it. But when we start off, we're starting off with, um, with, with a low-quality vehicle. It's kind of like shooting an arrow through a bow. You know, if you have a perfect arrow and a perfect bow, even a beginner could, could shoot the arrow quite straight. But our mind is like this arrow, and if our mind is not straight and it's all crooked, you have to spend time straightening. And so the second, so the first part then is about these things we can do. Um, and sorry, there's just one more thing to talk about, and that's the practice of meditations that are designed to calm you down, that are designed to create peaceful states. Uh, and that's another potentially useful uh, practice. Many people will spend years practicing meditation just to calm them down uh, as sort of a baseline. And it changes their baseline for when they do come and practice insight meditation. I mean, that, that's highly respected. I don't teach that. 
but it's a highly respected practice where you'll engage in intense states of trance and, and concentration before you ever think to practice insight meditation. Now what we, what we practice is considered to be a little more um, feasible for the average person, especially in modern times, where going off into the forest and practicing intense uh, tranquility meditation is not really feasible. So we instead try to cultivate them together, tranquility and insight at the same time, and, and hence the uh, general malaise that, that goes along with that. And people are complaining about it being not very peaceful because you're going to jumping right in with a crappy vehicle and you haven't done all the time required to tweak it or you, your arrow is not straight and so you have to do a lot of straightening. <clears throat> and so that comes to the second part of what I wanted to talk about and that's the actual practice. Practicing uh, practicing with a with a substandard vehicle with a, with a mind that is not yet restful. So to some extent there's no avoiding this. You know, people who have beautiful minds who are by nature through lifetime after lifetime generally of doing good deeds often have an easier time but it doesn't mean they don't see the the stuff inside that's problematic and it's not to say that it's it's all smooth sailing for the majority of people this is going to be uh, at least half the time where their practice is going to be stressful is going to be unpleasant And so I, I've talked about that before, about how we have to change our expectations and we have to learn to um, change, change from thinking that something's wrong with our practice when it's unpleasant to understand that that's a part of learn, the learning process, that the, the unpleasantness has causes and by observing those unpleasantnesses and their causes and by observing the things that we react to more clearly uh, that will change the response away from reacting but there was one other thing that I wanted to say and that was just a realization that in the beginning a lot of our practice is not it's not that we've, we've gotten into a sports car and we just have to drive in the right direction. It really is that we're learning how to meditate. Uh, preliminary meditation practice is described as learning how to meditate. And so let that sink in that for the first period of your practice, and to some extent, to some extent you could argue the whole of your practice is about learning how to practice. And it should never be seen as a, um, a smooth ride that you can just now coast. But it's always going to be adjusting. The process of enlightenment will and should surprise you every step of the way. In the, in the sense that it's teaching you new things 
uh, or new things about things, new things about new things. In fact, it's it's teaching you um, what you're doing wrong in your practice to see what you're doing wrong. Right? It's 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 level after level of change, and it's going to be constantly changing you fundamentally. So it, this analogy of constantly not only shooting the arrow through the bow, but, but also constantly refining, straightening the arrow. Right? I mean, straightening the arrow is the arrow being the mind. Um, and the fact that you're using the mind to learn about the mind, you see. You're using your mind to fix the broken mind. And then you say, well, that means you're using something that's broken to fix something that's broken, you see. So in some ways, it sounds actually impossible. It sounds like, aha, then we have a trap here for Buddhists that they're doing something that's not possible. Um, so I leave it up to you to investigate to see whether it is possible. But I wouldn't. I, I think that's just a silly um, logical paradox. You know, if you if you intellectualize it, you can come up with that. But it's not really about using the mind to f a broken thing to fix a broken thing. It's about that broken thing healing itself. Right? It's about um, recognizing that you yourself are broken. It's a sort of a. It's a bit. Um, you know, less intellectual than that. You know, it's just the process of, of healing in some sense. But it's but it really is um, healing the self healing healing self healing. You know, you're not using a perfect instrument to heal something that's broken. It's not like that. And so our practice is going to in the beginning very much be about simply learning how to practice and realizing that we're doing things wrong. And and that's most important. Um, to to allow us to avoid uh, repeatedly making the same mistakes, right? In the beginning, we get discouraged because it feels like our practice, you know, I'm doing the way they told me to do it, and it's just not working. And so we should rest assured that in the beginning, we're doing it all wrong, and we're only learning how to do it right. Like, if I tell you to watch your stomach and say, rising, falling, I mean, that's a very simple thing to tell you to do. But the quality of mind when you do that is going to be full of all sorts of uh, preconceptions and delusions and it's going to be very forceful mostly. We're so used to when we apply our mind to something, we want to control it. So when I tell you just to watch the stomach, the mind isn't going to do that. It's going to be trying to control it, controlling, trying to control it. Uh, instead of just watching, rising, falling, you're going to be trying to force it and you'll see that. And then you'll feel like, Often the question comes out, how do I stop myself from forcing? And, and, and there's no direct answer to that because that's the doing it wrong, the learning about how you do things wrong. And it's a very important part of it um, because meditation is not uh, separate from our life. So when you ask this question, how, do I, how, do I, how does my meditation become peaceful? Well, be a peaceful person. Why is it that these advanced meditators can practice so peacefully? Well, that's the whole point. If your meditation is stressful, uh, is hard work, it means that your mind is, uh, is suboptimal. 
your mind is messed up. And, and great, because that's why uh, you're meditating. You know, there, there should be no surprise that our meditation is difficult. It's about dealing with our mind. If your mind was perfect, you wouldn't need to meditate. If meditation were restful, it would be a sign that you're already... At that end, it would be a sign that you're already enlightened. Now, as I said, there are ways to um, make it more comfortable by doing a lot of the work in advance, by, by unscrewing up your mind, making your mind less messed up in advance, in other more mundane ways. All of those ways will be uh, and should be kept in mind during your practice. If you want to make the process of practice easier, you should also be generous, you should also be kind, you should um, aim to be ethical. Ethics is one I didn't mention. You should stop killing and stealing and lying and cheating. Taking drugs and alcohol, you should give up entertainment as best you can. Um, you should try to eat less, sleep less, talk less, Facebook less. And so, you know, this is why doing meditation courses is great. When you go off and do a meditation course, you're forced into a, a situation where you're not able to engage in so many of these distracting and unwholesome states and activities that are going to get in the way of your practice. So the last part of the question, the real question that was asked is, how then do we become like these people who are advanced meditators and, and who have gotten to the point uh, where their practice is peaceful? And how do we know that we're on the right path? So, so the peace of someone who's practiced for a long time is different from the peace of someone who's, for example, just a good person but never meditated. The peace uh, of someone who's practiced a long time is deeper and it's uni more, uni more comprehensive it comes from uh, seeing all things with equanimity. It comes from the state of observing or the quality of being of seeing things just as they are. So where seeing is just seeing, hearing is just hearing. Painful experiences are just painful experiences. And what that means is there's no reaction to them. Through our practice of mindfulness, uh, when we note to ourselves, for example, seeing, seeing, or when we say pain, pain, we're teaching ourselves uh, what's happening. We're reminding ourselves of the reality of the experience, right? Our experience is made up of the reality of it, and then all of our uh, baggage, this is good, this is bad, this is me, this is mine. I like this, I don't like this, I agree with this, I disagree with this. All of the baggage, which is, is, is not a part of the reality. I mean, seeing is just seeing. That's the only part of it that's real. Even when you say, I see a cat, the cat isn't part of the seeing. The cat is a concept in our mind related to having seen other things in the past that are a similar shape and so on. 
make similar sounds like that. Oh, it made it meowed. It must be a cat, for example. And so when we're mindful in this way, we start to see that um, that all of the baggage that we carry around, especially our reactions, are unwarranted. We start to see on a more general level uh, that the things we cling to and strive after are not worth clinging to or striving after. They're, they're not stable in the way that we thought they were going to be. They're not satisfying in the way that we thought they were. They're not controllable in the way that we thought they, they were. They have no sense of being me or mine or, or, or I. Seeing is really just seeing. And everything else about it just goes out the window. As you cultivate this, the, 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 the description of the practice is not so many steps or so complicated. If you, if you, this is why insight is not some thesis that you have to write pages and pages about. It simply sees, it means seeing impermanent suffering and non-self, and it's a very simple thing. Those three qualities sum up um, what they are not. All of this baggage that is, is unwarranted, this seeking stability, the seeking satisfaction, seeking uh, self and control and, and, and possessiveness and so on. And as you see this more clearly, it just starts to, be, to resonate with you. This is the straightening of the arrow, or this is the uh, upgrading of the vehicle, until eventually it does feel like you're in very much a, a sports car, and it is more clear sailing, because whatever comes up, mind sees it just for what it is and doesn't give rise to all the reactions and all the stress. Mindfulness should not be and is not by its own, by its simple nature, uh, difficult. All of the difficulty comes from um, the qualities of our vehicle. The, we haven't changed the oil. Um, we are using uh, our, our shocks are in poor condition we don't have air conditioning and so on and so on the, the tires are, are threadbare all of the aspects of our mind that are uh, conspiring against us and much of that it can be improved through meditation practice, as in the practice of meditation is learning how to meditate very much in the beginning and to some extent all throughout our practice. The final uh, state of meditation before enlightenment is called anuloma. I've used this word before, anuloma. Loma is the grain of wood. Wood has a grain to it. If you've ever cut wood, you know this. You can't cut uh, firewood sideways because it has a grain, but if you cut the firewood down the top, it will split in half, because there's a grain to the wood. Anu means according, uh, in line with, or following. Following the grain, going with the grain. And so the grain here is the grain of reality. Reality is that everything that arises ceases. It's the reality of impermanence, uncertainty. It's the reality of um, dissatisfaction or inability to satisfy suffering. 
that um, the clinging to anything and chasing after anything is, is stressful, is unwarranted uh, and, and non-self that everything is just is what it is there's nothing more to it there's no entity, no self and so on it's when you finally see that and uh, you know it's surrounded by really a practice it, it's it, it, what leads up to that moment is a practice that is so finely tuned uh, that you're seeing everything with equanimity as I said and an advanced meditator is able to get to that state uh, and and through the kind of this it's kind of like a feedback loop it just resonates more and more and, and you build up this stronger and stronger focus that's really a natural focus it's no longer effortful um, because it's it's nothing to do with intending it's just seeing when you see that everything is impermanent unsatisfying and controllable you don't cling to anything you don't strive after anything and so by seeing that again and again it gets stronger and stronger until it sparks like like heating up rubbing two sticks together to produce fire once it gets it, it builds and builds and builds the heat then there's the moment where the mind lets go um, but but the point being that, that 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 moment is described as the moment when you actually are in line with reality it means you're actually meditating and so everything up to that point was just really learning how to meditate and so expecting the meditation to start there is uh, it, to some extent a misunderstanding of what meditation is and how meditation works you only get the sports car the, the perfect vehicle at the very last moment when when you're already really good so it's 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 much less about a linear cruising as it is to a, an uphill uh, forming of the vehicle that is the mind and uh, that's the this observation of people who have already done that you see them in that state it's because of the work that they've done at your level where it was difficult uh, at the beginner level where it's stressful and, and uh, hard to do so some 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 advice I mean I've given now a bunch of advice but a little more specific advice if the meditation is tiring this is in particular what this person is talking about um, one of the things you want to do is to note, be mindful of the fact that you're tired and you'll be surprised how well that works sometimes often you think I just can't meditate anymore because I'm too tired and then you say tired, tired and it just disappears and you gain strength again um, but, but on the other side a recognition that your practice is really going to be imperfect in the beginning and um, be, be encouraged by the fact that you've actually done some work uh, when it does feel tiring then that's a sign that you're starting to see how your mind the state that your mind is in you can take a break and come back and try again with the knowledge that eventually you're going to get better at it uh, especially if you keep it up most especially if you take some time to do it intensively or if you do it um, systematically and, and continuously throughout your life 
and uh, if you accompany it with other good qualities, if you uh, dedicate yourself to being a better person, uh, dedicate yourself to ways of being that are conducive to the meditation practice in all sorts of ways. So hopefully that answered the question. I think there's a lot in there that's of use. So thank you all for coming out. Again, we're over 70 viewers on the live stream. If you'd like to ask questions, again, the link should be very soon in the description. You can go to our meditation site. I don't answer questions on YouTube for some very simple reasons. Um, but it's free. I mean, I'm not trying to... There's no other reason to... I mean, there's no... Um, I have no ulterior motive in directing you to our meditation site. I suppose a minor ulterior motive is to encourage people to actually meditate. Um, but you know, there's no charge or you don't get put on an email list or anything. You don't start to get advertising or something if you go and sign up there. It's just, it, um, it separates the serious people from people who come on to ask perhaps um, flippant or irreverent questions, at least to some extent. So thank you all for tuning in. Wish you all the best. Have a good day.